You know, one question I often get asked is, how can I listen to ad-free shows? Well, the answer is simple. You plug directly into your normal podcast app, like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, and you do that through an RSS link. And then you just listen like you always would, except no commercials. Here's something else you may not know. You not only get the shows early and ad-free, but you also get a ton of bonus content with adfreeshows.com. You also get early access to many of your other favorite wrestling podcasts from William Regal's new show to the road dog, Brian James to Matt Hardy and so much more starting at just $9. So quick Scott Steiner math tells us that's less than 20 cents an episode each month. See for yourself what thousands of other wrestling fans have already discovered that adfreeshows.com is the best value in wrestling today. Check it out for yourself at adfreeshows.com. And if you're looking for the ultimate gift for the wrestling fan this Father's Day, you can now give the gift of ad-free shows. Head over to adfreegift.com right now to purchase an ad-free show subscription to get over with someone special in your life this Father's Day. That's adfreegift.com. recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. This is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On the show today, we have a special guest and one of my favorite tag team partners of all time. But first, let me introduce to you my co-host, Paul Bromwell. How are you doing today, Paul? Kurt, I don't know if it gets any bigger than this. Uh, this could be the ultimate when it comes to guests for the Kurt Angle Show, my friend. My biggest one yet, yeah. It is. That's right. She's the current champion, the SmackDown Women's Champion, and the baddest woman on the planet, Ronda Rousey. How you doing, Ronda? Uh, well, fantastic after that introduction. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Great to have you on our show, honey. Thank you for having me. Sure. As you know, I just had knee replacements, so I'm struggling a little bit, but we'll get through this thing. I promise you. <laughs> Uh, don't worry. I'm like part of the struggle bus union. So I understand. <laughs> I heard you've been up all night the last few nights with the baby, huh? Yeah. So yeah, I was just getting passed off the baby monitor right now. She's been waking up at like 3am uh, last three nights. I don't know why. Cause usually she sleeps through like the whole night, you know, right. as long as I'm next to her. But, uh, I have a rule that from like four to 6am she's Trav's baby. But <laughs> <laughs> that's two been, hours. That's yeah. two hours of the day, huh? But he's been taking the 3 a.m. for me the last couple of days. So <laughs> oh, actually, I just awesome. woke up at like nine and I'm like, what's going on? Nine and what? So I'm like, Kurt Angle is like out. He's a good hobby, Rhonda. He's the absolute best. Well, as we get started, I have to ask. Did you ever think that when you were starting in martial arts that you'd be a professional wrestling champion and one of the biggest stars in the WWE? 
No, I had no idea. No WWE aspirations. In fact, we didn't watch it in the house at all. The only exposure <laughs> I had of WWE was uh, the Wrestling Buddy commercials. Which, you know uh, what, Rhonda? I didn't watch it either when I yeah. was in the Olympics. Right? Until I started uh, in the WWE, that's when I began watching it. So I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I watched it before, but like it was like Shield era because Shano was introducing us all to it. Um, but yeah, it was um, it's a whole new world. And I didn't, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I very much enjoy it, and my kids now all watch it, and it's like spread like wildfire through my 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 sphere. You but, know what? Um, it is addictive, Rhonda. It really is. Once you're in, you never get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's like very like religion esque, I think, to yeah. some families. You know, it like brings people together, and um, you know, I think certain times in people's lives, it's almost like a bookmark. You know, like uh, especially, I think that's one one of the reasons why people are so drawn to you and love you so much is that they identify you with like a certain period in their lives that they love, you know, and so you become associated with that. You become like a part of them in a way. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right, Rhonda. Hey, she's already knocking it out of the park with her 9 a.m. singing voice. Did you catch that, Kurt? (laughs) Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I (laughs) I literally wake up like this. This is it. It's awesome. Hey, so, but we got to talk about it because we know Rowdy, Rowdy Piper was a big time influence on you. So what was your first memory of pro wrestling? Do you have a different one outside of Rowdy? What was your first memory? Uh, First memory of pro wrestling in general. I mean, it was the Hulk Hogan wrestling buddy. I, uh, I, I think as a kid, the idea that there was a toy that you were supposed to fight and try to destroy was like, <laughs> I, 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 I was really liked fighting as a child, even though I was like a slimmer back then. There was no, that was just like the foreboding and stuff. Um, but you know, I had like, I lived in North Dakota in, you know, the nineties. So I saw a lot of like Steve Austin and everyone loving that kind of stuff, but I never actually saw it on television. Um, and sat and watched a match and really like enjoyed the industry for what it is and not for like all of the peripheral things. It wasn't until I was um, in MMA and training with Sheena and Jasmine Marina and all in the same house. And I didn't know how to operate my television. So whatever Shayna put on, I was like, because you know, you're just so sore. Tra- you know, Kurt, when you're like, you're, you're in training camp and you're just like, eh, like as yeah. when, if you're not actively in the gym trying to kill somebody, you're just not moving at all. And I was <laughs> like paralyzed on the couch with just soreness like, kicks in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It kind of like reminded me of like 20 days later when they have like the monkey laying there on the table, watching all the violent videos, like getting ready to do whatever. That was me. I was just completely dead laying on the couch, watching, watching WWE, getting ready to go back to training and kill people. And then we ended up putting together matches for fun at the gym. And it just became like a thing. And it, it really did happen entirely organically. And I don't know what these little pop sounds are happening from my, husband's computer over here we have like a battle station <laughs> going on <laughs> oh yeah yeah that I, she makes a lot of cute noises but that isn't one of them <laughs> <laughs> well Rhonda, you've overcome so much not just in your career but your life how does it feel to be where you are currently um you know what i think the best thing about our situation now i'm sorry i'm getting a little bit foggy i'm gonna try and adjust this um 
is I feel like a lot when you're like a younger, you feel like, okay, I got to get these things done. I got to make my mark on the world. I got to like, uh, you know, have a career. I got to figure all these things out. There's so many like uncertain things in your future. Those kind of things that would stress me out, I feel like are already done. And um, shoot, what was the question? To get, get, bring me back. Bring me back. <laughs> You've overcome so much in your career and your life. Where do you, you know, how do you feel where you are currently now? Where we are currently. Okay. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, for, especially being a little kid, you grow up and you're like, I want to win the Olympics. And you have like these goals and these like um, singular focus that you're following. And now I kind of feel like I have the blinders taking off and I can kind of see the world for more than just my individual aspirations. And not, we, we also have the time to go do things. We're young enough to do stuff. Um, we're, we're very lucky in that, you know, financially we're, we're doing really good. And so um, I'm kind of like in a new space where we're, I, I think where me and Trav really want to get to is we can wake up in the morning and be like, so what do you want to do today? You know, it's not like we have all of these needs and things that we need to get to There's that are constantly. Now, right? Yeah. The, the, the freedom. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I have like, I'm starting like making a list of all these places that I want to go and things I want to do. I want to like, I want to go to the Italian Alps and I want to go to see the fjords like in Norway or something like that. And I want to just go wine tasting in Gosh, France. Dang, Rhonda, are you kidding me? Yeah. You're still young and you're talking I, about like retirement, what you do in retirement. Hey, That's this what is... I'm trying to plan out right now. <laughs> all these places to go. Here you are. Well, you're like, what, 20 years younger than me and you're you're already planning this stuff. <laughs> I'm planning for my third retirement now, Kurt. <laughs> she's living the life that you want, Kurt. That's what she's doing. <laughs> yeah. Younger. I yes, love it. Let's talk about the transition because the transition of pro wrestling couldn't be easy. But what was easier? Was it going from judo to MMA or MMA to pro wrestling? Oh, like easy wise? I mean, I gotta say pro wrestling is a lot less pressure guys. Okay. Gotta tell you. And, um, predetermined winner. Yeah. That helps a lot, right? Yeah. It really does help a lot. And I think like pro wrestlers don't understand how much that it helps because a lot of times, you know, I'll hear people be so offended that like, how dare you call this fake? I, there's no fake way to, you know, take a, yeah, go through a table or, you know, th- this injury is real and da, 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 da. And I'm like, guys, it's not like the physical toll that like makes something real. Okay. Like, for example, I had a match where I, you know, busted my hand open, broke my thumb and like my knuckle exploded and all this stuff. It was a 16 second match and my hand was destroyed. And I walked out giving everybody high fives. And, like, wah, wah, yeah, and it, it wasn't like, I, I never thought to myself like, oh, if you if you told me before a match, you are going to win this match, but we're going to have to take your arm off. And I'd be like, OK, all right. Fair trade. Fair play. And it's just you don't care. Like the injuries don't enter in your mind is the anxiety and the the uncertainty of of the results. Whether you're going to win or lose. Yes. And how much it means to you, you know, and like how and allowing something to mean that much to you is like allowing giving yourself the opportunity to like be devastated. You know, like imagine if you didn't win the Olympic gold medal curtain, what that has done to you for the rest of your life. And um, that is what makes it real to me. 
you know, like injuries. I don't care. You know, people get injured all the time playing Pirates of Penzance, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of difficult physical things out there that um, the, the realism to me is like that in, in extreme anxiety. And I remember leading up to the Betch Koya fight, I was like, every single time I went to a fight, I'm like, why do I do this? Why do I do this to myself? This is the absolute worst. I hated it. And then like afterward, I was, you know, giving everybody high fives on the way yeah, out. And I'm it like, was this is why it. I do this. This is, <laughs> this is Rocky four, man. Like, uh, but, um, that, those highs and lows and this, you know, peaks and valleys and this, the, the crazy anxiety with the huge payoff or, you know, the huge not payoff is, uh, what, what really makes it, real for me not like injuries and stuff like that i don't know how i went down that path but um yeah it's a uh, much more difficult doing actual competition than staged competition which i absolutely love because we get to do all of the fun parts mm-hmm. of like what's the coolest way this fight could uh, possibly go like i remember always thinking to myself that I wanted to do a Soto Surikomagoshi, which is a throw that I didn't judo all the time in MMA. And I would think of all the different ways that I would get to do it. And it just never came up, you know, because, but like in wrestling, I get to do it all the time. I get to do all the matches that like, quite a bit, Rhonda. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You you know what I mean? You can, you can make the fight as entertaining as possible instead of like what it just ends up. And you're not dictated to. You, yeah. you can dictate what you want to do. I love that. And it's fun. It's yeah. not, why is it bad to say it's like fun? I, people ask like easy. I'm like, yeah, it's physically difficult, but everyone's working together to make sure it works out. It's not like everybody is conspiring against you to stop you from reaching your goal, you know, in that moment. Right. Can you go into detail for those that don't know judo and all your accomplishments in the sport? Mm. Oh God. Uh, well, I went from completely unranked. I had a knee surgery very young at 16. I pulled out of school to train full time and like the next month tore out my knee and, um, I was 16 and I got a kitten and I named it Beijing because I assumed the Beijing Olympics (laughs) is when I would be going. Well, I had knee surgery, came back four months afterward for my ACL and then was completely unranked in August. And by October, I was number one in the country at 16 years old. And then the division wasn't qualified for the Olympics. I had to go and medal in the Pan American Championships in order to qualify the division. Exactly. Yeah. So at 16 years old, I went and won the Pan American Championships and was completely unexpected, came out of left field and, so then I was going into the Olympic trials as the number one seed at 17 and I won the Olympic trials and was the youngest competitor of the entire sport um, in Athens. I didn't even expect to go to Athens. My cat's name was Beijing. And um, I then after the Olympics won the junior world championships, that was for under 20 years old. So I was still young for that. And I won the finals in four seconds. Um, it was just like one of my fastest wins ever. And, um, four seconds, you said four seconds. Yeah. Holy Across shit. grip drop. Ochigari. What? <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know that we can't explain it. <laughs> yeah. She, I hey, know. It's, she wasn't waiting around to break her neck. Like you did, Kurt. She just got that shit done by <laughs> four seconds. Yeah, it's yeah. oh, go, uh, it's a major inside reap. It's called. It, they definitely have that in wrestling. I don't know what your names for things are. Um, but uh, and then I 
went to I won a, I won a bunch of like World Cups when like an American one woman hadn't won a World Cup in like ten years, wow. and um, then I was having a lot of trouble making weight, and I missed weight at a tournament, and um, I ended up just moving up at the next World Cup just because I happened to be there and was like whatever, and then I won my first try at 70 kilos. I won a world wow, cup. A different weight class. A different weight mm-hmm. class. Just because hap- we happen to not have someone there. And so then I went to the world championships that year um, at that higher weight class, only a few months after moving up and got a silver medal um, was completely unexpected at that. And I think that's just, I had a lot of trouble with weight and making weight in judo. And so that really helped out a lot being able to, to move up and stuff like that. And then, um, then I got a bronze in uh, Beijing, which was the first Olympic medal for um, women since it had been recognized as a f- fully, um, since it became a fully recognized sport in 1992. Lynn Rothke actually won the first medal in 1988 when it was a demonstration sport, um, which she never gets enough credit for that one. I want to put, put that out there. Um, and um, then I kind of was just over it. <laughs> Which uh, we have never had an American win Olympic medal in judo. And I was like the hope to to do this for our country. And it became after I won that first Olympic medal, I kind of realized that um, it didn't make me as happy as I thought. And um, I thought um, in the process wasn't I wasn't really enjoying it anymore. And I just kind of had to face the fact that I wasn't willing to be miserable for four years to possibly win an Olympic gold and be happy for a couple months. And um, that was a difficult conversation to have with my mother, you know, because oh, I could she imagine was your badass mother. <laughs> yeah. Like imagine if right before, you know, go getting ready for the games at Atlanta, you're just like, and everyone's like, you're the, you're the hope Kurt. And here's being like, I kinda don't like it anymore. You know, like how, how everybody would come down on you. And uh, yeah, basically, um, all of my my coaches and everybody were just like just threw their hands up and were just thought I was a lost cause and decided because I decided to go do MMA and they thought that was the stupidest Little thing. Little did I've they heard. know the success you'd have in MMA. <laughs> I mean, I really felt like I was in on a secret that like nobody knew that I'm like, um, I could be the shit out of any anybody on earth and this is something people will pay to see. And you know, I might not think so right now, but I, you know, I'm gonna make it make it happen and so that's kind of how it went from judo into mma i was actually peaking in judo you peak in your mid 20s mid to late 20s in my weight division and i won my olympic medal at 21 and then the next olympics was supposed to be 25 like peaking and instead so of doing it peak. yeah yeah and so instead of spending my peak on judo i wanted to want to peek in some MMA and everyone thought it was really dumb but <laughs> and you peaked Rhonda. you definitely peaked, peaked. I peaked all over. I peaked all over everybody. Just wiping that peak off of themselves for years to come. Let's talk about the peak. Did you have any clue whatsoever that there'd be such a following for women in MMA when you first started training? Because, my God, you took the the world by storm. I thought, yeah, because I thought it was super cool. And I just thought that everybody didn't have the opportunity to see how cool it was because, like, the women in the sport at the time, everyone was trying to be a baby face and no one was trying to actually make a story out of these uh, fights. So I, my goal was I wanted the fight on the television to resolve a fight on the couch. And I wanted everybody 
to disagree about me. And so I said the most polarizing things that I could and uh, made myself into an exaggerated characterized version of myself to, um, to kind of drive that. And I think that a lot of the women in the sport were kind of like feeling like lucky to be there that they didn't want to like make any waves. And I came in like a fucking wave machine. (laughs) Um, But my back kind of hurt from carrying a lot of those fights and the, you know, but um, you know, all those works. (laughs) Yeah. Eventually like more of them started to get it and like try to actually market, you know, there was no like, thought of oh i need to market this and i need to promote this fight and i need to get people talking about it and i need to actually get people to buy it and spend their time and care and not just make it about winning and one thing i think a lot of people didn't get and maybe still don't get that you need to promote your fight as hard as you train for it and a lot of them are like, well, I just want to show up and fight. And da, 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 I'm just a fighter. I'm like, well, then have fun at the fucking Olympics and don't make any money. Okay. <laughs> like this is a professional thing and you need to actually make yourself into a valued commodity and um, they're getting it. But um, yeah, I, uh, I one, of, one of the things that Dana would always say about me from the beginning is like, she gets it. This, she gets it. That, that That's the only way he would call Lorenzo. Lorenzo, she gets it. <laughs> like, okay. He knew, he knew that you knew that you had to promote your fight. Right? Yeah, exactly. Was it important for you to be a person to shine a light on women's MMA, or did you just want to win championships and get paydays? Um, can I say a lot of both? <laughs> okay. yes, Whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, for like making huge amounts of money wasn't like a, my goal. I just wanted to be able to have a career doing what I loved. And the kind of things that I thought were interesting that would require like uh, would require like a lot of education, like four to eight years of school. And I just really didn't like school. And I really loved combat sports and fighting and judo. And whenever I'd watch fights on TV, I would be like breaking them down as a bartender behind the bar and be like, they should have done this. And And that's the, you know, and people looking at me like, what are you talking about? This is chick behind the bar. Acting like she could give Randy Couture some advice here, and I'm going to use him as an, an example. I didn't, I never corrected Randy, but um, uh, yeah, it was. Um, I keep losing my train of thought, Kurt. You, you are uh, you. Those blue eyes are just like bringing me in, and I don't even know. I'm a handsome individual, honey. I mean, I I, I can see why you have so many kids. <laughs> Oh, this is fun. Oh, yeah. Do about it, though. It was about championships or paydays, and you said both, and then you it. got there lost go. in his eyes. Oh, I got my. lost in his eyes. That, that happened to Ellen, too, I'll tell you, by the way. Oh. Kurt and Ellen have, like, this piercing blue eyes where you, like, look at them, and you're just like, I only speak the truth. And uh, <laughs> Hey, did it mess wisdom. you up when you were on Ellen? The first time that I saw her and I met her, yeah, and was drawn into the deep pools of wisdom. Because at that point, it was like for UFC, it was a huge deal to get on Ellen because it was very hard getting accepted, um, especially by that demographic. And they've been trying for years and years and years and years to get anybody on Ellen. And Ellen finally let me come on. And it was just like, don't mess it up. Everything depends on you. And then I sit down and then like, the big blue eyes are staring at me and I have like 
no idea what I just got asked. And I'm just talking around in circles, kind of like I am to Kurt right now. It, it went great. <laughs> Let me tell you. All right. Well, let's, let's try to, let's try to rein you back in here and we're going to stir the pot here on the Kurt Angle show. Oh no. It's, oh, it's good. Uh, It'll be good. It's fine. Listen, do okay. you think Chris Cyborg always ducked you because she knew she would lose to you? Um, you know what? I'm not going to spend honest, any of my Rhonda. time or energy promoting somebody that takes a bunch of steroids and cheats. Oh, that's pretty hard. Fair sure. enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I just want to say that anybody that gets caught doping should be banned for life. I, I Nobody agree, dopes on accident, especially in MMA. And Kurt, like, I would only take Flintstone vitamins going to the Olympics because I was like, Whatever goes in my body is my responsibility, and you're, there's no whoops. You don't like whoops steroids like that. No, 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 no. Banned for life for everybody. Right. Anybody that has ever got caught from with any kind of PED is fucking dead to me, and um, that applies to a lot of names. That's an Olympic athlete for you, right there. Thank you, Kurt. <laughs> This episode is being brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, the simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that's helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I don't know about you, but there's been many times in my life where I needed to make a change like trying to be healthier, spending less time at work. I knew I needed to make a change, but I just wasn't ready yet. And a lot of smokers and dippers out there can probably relate. Zen understands there isn't just one quote unquote right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. So whether you feel like you're ready to take that first step towards change, Zen will be there with you with the right strength, with the right flavor at the right time. If you're thinking about making a change and you want to learn more today, check out Zen nicotine pouches at ZYN.com. That's Zen.com. That's ZYN.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Hey, your rise to dominance in women's MMA was through strike force before landing in the UFC. Was it frustrating when Dana White would talk about not having women in UFC? Uh, it was only frustrating because I was trying to convince my mom that doing MMA was a good idea for me at the time. And she even so was like, even Dana White says he doesn't want women in the UFC. And I literally was like, that's just because he hasn't met me yet. And I understand how he could feel that way right now. But until he meets me, he's going to change his mind. And I <laughs> sounded crazy. But guess what? It, it worked. <laughs> exactly. The first time I met him, he was wearing a shirt with my face on it. Ah, that's so awesome. like, um, I got my foot in the door here. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, it was frustrating. It was it was motivating, if anything. It was like a lighting a fire under my ass because I knew that once the UFC acquired Strike Force, they were going to acquire all the fighters and then close it down. And so I only had a certain amount of time between 
when they acquired it and when they closed it down to convince them to acquire the women in the women's division as well. So it was like a, a ticking time bomb kind of a thing. But I already kind of promised my mom that I'd win the world title and in a year <laughs> what the I'm like give me a year mom and I'll, I'll i'll show you and i'll win this time so um by the time i got to that point uh dana even told me there was not a single day he could look at mma news and not say my see my name and that's what i the kind of the way that i was almost like courting him from afar was showing him that i could really be a headline grabber and now it's like uh now it's uh it's run away without me. Now people are just trying to pull my name in into stuff that I'm not even related to. Like it's some some fucking headline pixie dust. And I'm like, I just want to be home on my farm, okay? I'm sitting here with like a cow bottle and waiting for my cow to give birth. I do not want to be dragged into any arguments right now, but um I was too too successful at it, I guess. It's it's going on without me. It's a creature on its own. And that, and that transitions right into my next question. How quickly did you see a difference, uh, Rhonda, in your life when you began in UFC? And because you a had all the popularity, come, you know, riding in, as you said, he had your T-shirt on when you joined. Oh, man. It was like a week that everything changed. Because there was a while where I would say that my fame is exceeding my money. And I was like you know, living in some house that I found on Craigslist that would the only one that would allow me to bring in a 90 pound Dogo Argentino. And um, I'm pretty, it's been condemned and torn down and is now condos. <laughs> there were squirrels <laughs> living in the walls. Um, I was driving around the Honda with the broken window and the broken AC that I was able to buy Tell me about that, with my, yeah, my Olympic money, my half of final, not even all of it. <laughs> and, um, within a week I got signed to the UFC. I rented, a um, I don't know if you've ever been to Venice, but the walk streets in Venice have these really old houses that like, I always thought were the coolest things ever. And I ended up like renting this, like three-story house that me Shana and Jessamine and Rena all lived in and then Dana was like we we got he's like babe we gotta do something about your car and I'm like what's wrong with my car I, I'm gonna drive this I'm gonna drive this into the ground you know like, when I got it I'm like I'm it driving this till it dies the Honda still I, like, the Honda. <laughs> I still had it man. and he was like what the fuck is that <laughs> what Spend do you mean? Some money Rhonda like, this is my this is personality here and yeah <laughs> he's just um <clears throat> He said, um, I can't, we can't have our world champion driving around something like this. It looks bad on us. I'm like, well, if it's for you, you can get me a new car. So um, I ended up getting like a brand new car and a new house and UFC contract all in the same week. And it went from like awesome. zero to, yeah, zero to hero in the, like, <sighs> Immediately, I only am saying that because I was literally watching Cartoon Hercules with Poe yesterday and singing it, and I have it stuck in my head. <laughs> uh, I, I went over the couple of lines. I was literally laying in bed thinking, thinking about the oh my god, and the nicest guy, so not conceited. You know the the song with the muses. Yeah. Oh my god, so good. If you watch it back, sorry, I'm. All over the place, but yeah, um, <laughs> zero to I hero. Yes, indeed. Dung. Yep. Our goal at the Kurt Angle Show is to keep you from being intimidated, and one way we can help you with that is by telling you all about keeps. 
Kirk, did you know that including the both of us, more than 50 million men in the U.S. suffer from male pattern baldness? There are only two, that's right, count them two, FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss, and Keeps offers both. Keeps offers a simple, affordable, and stress-free way to keep your hair. You may say, how, Paul? Well, they have convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You don't have to leave your home. How convenient is that? Plus, they offer 24-7 care and support. Keeps has a network of expert medical advisors, prescribers, and care specialists to support you in making your hair goals a reality. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. And it's low cost. Treatment started just $10 per month and Keeps offers generic versions of the two FDA-approved medications to prevent hair loss. That's what we're talking about, preventing it. Treatment plans are affordable, typically half the cost of pharmacy prices, and Keeps has everything your hair needs delivered straight to your door with discreet packaging and proven results. Remember, prevention is the key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so act now and be patient. It will happen. And when it comes to your hair, save more and spend less. So if you're not a fan of rocking the bald look like Kurt and I, make sure you do everything you can to hold on to what you have. Take action now and prevent hair loss. Go to K-E-E-P-S dot com slash angle to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash angle to get your first month free. Keeps.com slash angle. Hey, do you have a favorite UFC victory? That's mm. what I'm intrigued about. Mm. Man, I think I think the Betchclayo one was my favorite just because it was literally like Rocky Four. And uh, you know, she was talking shit on the four horsewomen, the real four horsewomen, the originals before we got plagiarized by the four horsewomen. Oh, we're getting and, to that. Yeah. Oh yeah. And um, so I told Dana, I was like, I want to fight this bitch in her own country and not only beat her, but turn her own crowd against her. Uh, and um, shit, Rhonda. I know. <laughs> Don't be mean to my friends. And so um, at that, we basically did that. And uh, it, it was exactly like Rocky Four. I loved it. I was like, if I could change, you need to change. Everybody can change. <laughs> I love it. It was so fun. My family was there. I got to like bring all my sisters down and stuff like that. So it was it was cool. Good times. That's awesome. Do you think we'll ever see you back in the octagon? No. Good question. Well. Well, you're pausing right now, Ronnie. That means you're, you're debating. You're there's only one person. Maybe, maybe not. There's only one person I would come back for. Is she going to break it here on this show? What? Is she going to break it here on Kurt Angle's show? I mean, I've said it a million times. It's not like it's something new, but um, for Gina, man, Gina Carano, she's the reason why I got into fighting. She's the reason why I knew it was a possibility. I will always be forever grateful. She definitely was the frontier. Yeah. Yeah. And if she ever was like, Rhonda, I want to fight you tomorrow. What? You know, 205 pounds like whatever the hell you want 
I'm not saying she's 205 pounds. <laughs> right. Sure but she's whatever you want to do. Very svelte. Yeah. yeah. She wanted to come into my backyard and like do like, you know, the, the Rocky thing or, you know, ding, ding. And we just do it in the backyard. I don't care. That's awesome. Um, I I will fight Gina wherever she wants, and if she doesn't want to forever, so, I'm like like we we that offer there. It's just <laughs> it's like respect thing, not like a fuck you. I'm coming to get you. It's just like hey, if you ever want to like pull that card out, um, it's there. I love her. <laughs> Thank you, Gina, for everything you've done. That's all I got. Sorry, I'm sorry. It wasn't like a I wasn't really cutting a heel promo on that one. <laughs> That's okay. Well, hey. What's more of an accomplishment in your mind? UFC women's bantamweight champion or your medals in judo? Um, UFC bantamweight champion. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame because now, it now, wasn't. If it were a gold medal, what would it be? Oh, still, I don't know. I think I'd still say the UFC bantamweight champion because, like, there was a whole lot more that went into it than just winning a competition. That the, the whole part of building the competition to win um was part of it you know um the, the whole idea that it didn't exist before didn't i did either. it what the money didn't hurt either the money did not hurt at all i <laughs> i i appreciate it and you know i never thought it would be that lucrative i i thought the idea of me making like six figures was just like blew my mind at all and i knew that gina actually made six figures from one of her fights. So I was like, well, Gina could do it. I can make six figures on a fight, which coming from someone who fought for free for, you know, a decade, that was like a big deal. So uh, when That's I ended crazy. up being able to exceed that, that was really beyond my wildest dreams at that point. Well, listen, you mentioned them already. So let's get into the wrestling side of it. We're moving on from, from MMA and judo and into pro <sighs> wrestling. And it's well known by wrestling fans that because of Shayna Baszler, Jessamyn Duke, and Marina Shafir, you'd be seen at ringside for independent wrestling events such as PWG and AIW. Was there something you'd seen at one of those shows that you remember being like, okay, I need to be a part of this? Oh, God. I don't know if it was like, I need to be a part of it. I mean, at first it like blew my mind because the first wrestling I ever saw live was PWG and I was in training camp, but I wasn't supposed to be there. And I had to leave before the Young Bucks came out. (laughs) But I'm like literally in training camp and I should not be like up past eight kind of thing. And I'm like, all right, you know. Um, And um, I think some of these guys like fell on top of us. Um, in the middle of that, and I'm almost like, oh my god, if my coach knows about this, <laughs> I'm oh, such big trouble. <laughs> the dangers and involved brought, in going to a show. <laughs> I know. I like. I got felt like a bunch of dudes fell on me, and they brought somebody over for me to chop. But I've never like watched wrestling, so I've never seen like a chop. So he said <laughs> chop, and I'm like, like chop. <laughs> So I'm like, what the hell a, is that? Like that? <laughs> but I didn't want to do it hard, you know. I don't want to chop the shit some guys. So I just kept giving like a little dink. And man, he sold that like it was the biggest thing on earth. And um, it was just fun. And I, I think that's that's what I, I kind of needed at that point where like MMA had gone from, you know, this is something that I do for fun to like this is like my singular focus in life and becoming like um a lot more not fun the pro wrestling kind of took a, it took up that role in my life of what what i did for fun and watch for fun and um yeah because i just mma had just kind of been turning into a, a different role at that point and it was more of like a slower 
realization that I wanted to do WWE. Um, but yeah, it wasn't like a eureka moment of I need to do this. I think it was more after I was done with MMA and we were like, okay, let's like have kids and do the rest of the life thing. I just kind of felt like it was like something was unfinished. Like I, I, I like, did I leave like the stove on kind of a thing? Yeah. I wasn't done being an athlete and I, I, uh, but I didn't want to deal with all of that um, anxiety of competition anymore. And I was just like, you know what, let's just do a quick little, I literally was like, maybe from like WrestleMania to November or something, like a couple of months, I could be like a periphery character, like someone that would be attached to you, Kurt, of like, you would do all of the actual work and I would just kind of show up and be like, pew, pew. And because it just looks so complicated. I'm like, there's no way I'd be able to wrestle like a singles match or anything like that. You know what I mean? And so it wasn't, I, I never thought it was something I could do until I wrestled with you. And then was like, you know what, actually maybe I could give this like an actual run and not just be, you know, Kurt's little buddy. And, um, and then it ended up taking on a whole life of its own. So it was actually you that, that made me believe that I could have a singles career. Rhonda, you stepped up. That match is one of my favorite matches of all time. And it was, it was based on, making you shine the whole time it was revolved around you and you did such an incredible job i can't tell you how good you were it, it, you wouldn't have known that you just started like i you can't tell you how like much i appreciate years into it it was incredible Rodney. really they, i was so lucky that i had like you and triple h and like sean michaels and like sarah Mato and michael hayes and all these different people had all put like they, they'd all consulted on that one match and we'd been putting it together for for weeks. It's so different than like a, you know, usually when you sometimes when you get to the venue, you're like, "What's happening today?" What? Ah! And then you try to like figure it out. And then by that in December, I didn't know that I would be doing my first match called on the fly with Natty. I never thought I'd ever be able to do something like that, especially after our match took so many, you know, weeks of preparation. And I still didn't feel like I had it down until like the day of. And, uh, yeah, that is definitely, uh, baptized by fire after that. <laughs> yes, it was your first appearance on WWE program programming was at SummerSlam 2014. What was your relationship like with the company at that time? Oh God. Like non-existent Shayna. Like that basically <laughs> it was like Shayna said, do you want to go to SummerSlam? Like, yeah. And, uh, then I got to like, meet a bunch of people like uh like stephanie was really cool at the four horsemen and like really put us over i think that's when the ice bucket challenge was going on i think they i don't know um but i had no uh no relationship at all that was basically when i was like meeting people back then and i literally just thought it was just a fun thing to to go do when i was just like in the trenches and training and so focused on MMA all the time that I needed to like cut leaps, go out with the girls, go watch some right? wrestling. Yeah. And, uh, hi, Ooh, my handsome husband just walked in all glistening with wow. sweat. <laughs> hey, what, you know, you Travis. Never mind. He went swimming. It's not sweat. <laughs> he said, Kurt says hi. hi Kurt. 
don't know if you heard of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard him. <laughs> well, well, listen, as a fan, one of the most memorable WrestleMania moments for me was when The Rock went to ringside at WrestleMania 31 to get your help against the authority with Stephanie mm-hmm. McMahon and Triple H. Can you tell us how the, all that came to be? Because, man, that was, uh, that was a lot of fun to watch. Um, It was just kind of like randomly thrown together like last minute kind of a thing it wasn't like we were still figuring out the day of what exactly was going to happen and um it was i think it was just one of those things where i was like doing so well at the time that they just wanted me to be part of the show um in any capacity because like at that time i almost kind of felt like a jerk coming to the shows because i would come and then like you know, I would get like such a big crowd reaction that I felt I would feel like I was pulling away from the the match itself. And I think that they they saw that when we went to I think it was SummerSlam and just saw the big crowd reaction that we got. And then they're just kind of like, well, how do we harness this to advantage <laughs> kind of a thing? <laughs> and um, so, yeah, they're like, all right, what's one way that could have me be part of the show that exactly what it would would put me over and they're they've they're always very kind with um outside people that they bring in that i've noticed to really give set them up to succeed and they really did that for me from the very beginning and i really appreciate it even even though when they when they i originally signed with them my only request was that i wanted to finish up my storyline with stephanie because we kind of left things of you know not not great between us and uh that was my my only request is that i wanted to work with stephanie and um i just love her so much she is the absolute best and the way like i literally just grabbed her on like this she's like ah you know like i was worried that i was hurting her she's so good it was she's so an overseller. she's amazing uh the best though the best yep. oversellage i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> if you could change one thing about your home what would it be a new kitchen, a new master bath, maybe put in a pool. What if you could do it with no money out of pocket and cheaper monthly payments? Save with Conrad.com can help. And you can even skip your next two house payments. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Save with Conrad.com. Hey, the that. other four horsewomen were at ringside for that and seemed genuinely surprised. Did you now let them know what you were doing? They knew what was going on the whole day. They they- did. Oh yeah, that's just really good acting on on their part. They were they're they're naturals as well. Sorry, well, I'm getting a little congested right now. That's okay. That's okay. So let's get into it. The four horsewomen name. You talked about it earlier. It's been long rumored yeah. that Bailey, Charlotte, Sasha, and Becky took offense to this. Were there ever talks or plans of doing that match that you can remember, Rhonda? Take it. Who took offense to what? Bailey, Charlotte, Sasha, and Becky taking offense to this whole force four horse. The other other name. four horse. Yeah, you know what, what, are, what are they offended about? We we started it. They, what, yeah. what, what? <laughs> they, they were trying to say that they were the original four horse women. So you know, that oh was kind well. Of the story I mean, the, the good thing that there's something called the internet, and you can <laughs> really uh, cite these things. And, you claim um, it first, right? <laughs> well, we didn't even claim it. Our fans started calling us that because, like, women's MMA in the beginning, like, there wasn't any, like, like powerhouses for women's MMA at the time. And so after um, the Ultimate Fighter, uh, Sh- Shayna and Jessamine moved in with me and Marina, and we had, like, all of these women that were 
extremely talented in MMA and all training and supporting each other, which wasn't happening anywhere at the time. You'd be lucky if you came to a gym and saw one other woman in general, not like another woman performing at uh, fighting at a high level. And so our, our fans started calling us that for horsewomen. And so then one day we were like, what? let's take like a, I think Shayna was like, let's take an iconic, one of those iconic pictures of four horsemen where we got around the house. I'm like, oh, we got like some belts and like an Olympic medal. And Rena's like, there's a katana. <laughs> <laughs> and so like we took um, some pictures that were like throwbacks and stuff like that. And then that's how it happened. So we didn't, you know, label ourselves that our fans labeled us that. And then when we came in at the WWE and then, Stephanie started putting us over as a four horsewoman and everything like that. So even the company itself called us the four horsewoman first. Like there's, there's no argument. There's zero. I mean, the only argument is that, you know, Charlotte like, well, you know, Ric Flair is my dad and it's his faction. So therefore, you know, okay. I, I understand that, but don't say you were first in the information age. Okay. Because I have some information for you. Okay. And the information is that you're fucking wrong. <laughs> it's google.com so listen do you know that, was there ever any plans though of doing a match the four on four that you know of yeah no, not that i know of i mean literally it seems like the longest build in the history of women's wrestling like if this ever happens <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i will lose my mind probably um but we'll see i don't know i mean usually they they don't think of like a long game for a lot of the stuff that they're doing so this is the the longest long game that has ever happened in wrestling. So before I retire, I would love there to be a thing um, with all of us. But um, I, I, I almost don't want to dare to hope at this point. We'll see. Making a move to sign with the WWE was right place, right time type of thing. Was it not? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess so. I mean, I kind of, it wasn't like I just ran into Triple H somewhere and was like, hey, you want this WWE thing? You know, like, uh, like I reached out to my, my agent and had him reach out kind of a thing. But it wasn't like, um, I didn't reach out to them right away to get signed. I wanted to, um, well, Shayna was training there and Jessamine just moved there. And then Marina just moved there because she was married, Roddy, or got engaged or having a baby. One of those they already get it. And um, so everybody was down there and I wanted to uh, do like a bachelorette party thing. So I was like, well, since you guys are all down there and you're already working anyway, like what if my bachelorette party is we could spend the week training together at the performance center? Cause that was like how we always hung out was we all trained together. So I was, and we would always do wrestling stuff for fun in the gym. So I was like, why don't we do wrestling stuff for fun all week? And then I think it was like Shane and Jessamine were going to do an RV trip with me back to L.A. Because I love, you know, I love me some RV. Kurt knows all about that. You like driving along the countryside? Yeah. I don't know. I just love road trips. And um, and so that was like I basically gave myself an audition for my bachelorette <laughs> party. And um, then after that, I was like, okay, this is pretty awesome. Maybe we should actually reach out and see if I can do something. And so I was like, yeah, you know, I'd like to do some stuff maybe until from mania to like November. And then triple H was like, well, really we kind of do things from like one mania to the next. Mm 
if he could maybe extend that. I'm like, yeah, okay. And then it ended up being the, the most insane year ever. <laughs> I never thought it would be like an ongoing career thing and that I would come back after having a baby or anything. It was just all of this kind of happened organically. I, none, of, none of this was planned. It's just, I, I didn't think I'd love it so much, you know, but it, it's, right. it, it's, yeah. the, it's the love you never knew that was coming for you in your life. Right, Kurt? Oh, you know what? I, I, I loved it too. I mean, I fell in love with it right away. So I totally understand what you're saying. Well, listen, training for pro wrestling is definitely completely different, I'm sure, than the thought process of what you, like you said, the anxiety of MMA and, and doing that. Who do you credit for most of helping you get ready for pro wrestling? Oh, Brian Kendrick. More than anybody. He um, he was training with you out in California, right? Yeah, he would um, started, uh, he's at Santino's and would open up the, the place and come in and work with me and... Um, I think he like refused. He refused to take money from me for like wow. training and um, would just like for the love of it want to come and train me. And um, I would, you know, me and Jessamine would train together for a while before she moved to Florida. And then after that, he would um, bring in different training partners for me. And then he set me up with um, other people to to work with when he couldn't, wasn't around. So I didn't have like a network of people to train without here. And um, I entirely credit Brian Kendrick for any kind of fundamentals that I, I had and anything like that. And the first thing I will say, the first thing he ever taught me was um, etiquette. And uh, I obviously forgot it all. You mean, thank you. Well, like, you know, <laughs> I, sure. I, <laughs> like, uh, like, uh, wiping your feet off when you step okay. in the ring and you shake everybody's hand first and right um, you never heard the the lingo you know when you say thank you and a person says you're welcome that's usually the proper way to say it but in pro wrestling when you say thank you the other person's supposed to say thank you back so it's like thank you no thank you oh so, yeah you say you're welcome i i was told one time a wrestler told vince Vince said, hey, thank you for the match tonight. He said, you're welcome. Vince actually uh, 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 took him off the roster so, uh, for about a month. Basically um, wow. suspended him for a month because he didn't say thank you. He said, you're welcome. Oh, Man, <laughs> I'm probably violating all of those unspoken rules all the time. <laughs> you were saying you're welcome. I don't know. I honestly, I don't even know. I, I don't know how hard I'm supposed to shake people's hand. At first, people are like, "Oh no, you're supposed to shake it soft." And everyone's like, "No, no, no, you shake it hard." Like, "No, no, you shake it really soft, so you know like how hard of a worker you are." And you shake me, and they're like, "Oh, lighten up, kid." And I was like, "What? What is the way? How am I shaking shaking hands? Harder soft handshakes, please tell me." Oh, I hate the soft handshake. This little one here, where the fingers just like this. Oh man, I actually I hate the hard ones. Because a lot of people come just in to shake ball. my hand and they just want to like prove something and oh, they're trying to yeah. crush my tiny little hands. I've broken so much. You are, Rhonda. But yep. Trav actually taught me a trick. If you leave this finger straight when you're shaking somebody's hand, mm -hmm. they can't crush your fingers in. Because mm. if I could oh, be like wow. this, they can crush them in. But if you leave it straight, they, it like keeps your hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like just when next time you shake someone's hand, just keep your index finger straight. Well, you don't have to stick your thumb up. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just doing that. <laughs> but um, yeah, you can't 
get your hand crushed. And whenever Trav does that, he's like literally touching the person's elbow with his finger because he's so <laughs> large of so a human. <laughs> yeah. I thought he just did that to like seem intimidating. It's like, no, it's so people don't crush your hand. But I noticed at a boxing event, I went and everyone shook hands very softly. And I'm like, oh, because everyone breaks their hands and they're considerate. Um, as opposed to MMA events where everyone's trying to fucking crush me. I'm like, right. I have tiny little hands, people. Look at my finger. It's I chopped this off. <laughs> this is broken. I crushed this one. I don't even know what's happening over here. Like, please, it's Tuesday. Like, leave my hand alone. The five minute stiff handshakes. <laughs> yeah. You know who gives the stiffest handshakes ever? Fucking politicians. I had to go to uh, New oh, York to uh, lobby for MMA mm-hmm. to be real. I mean, mm-hmm. real, legal. It's real. Um, <laughs> for years. And, the secret's uh, out, Rhonda. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, politicians, man, will shake the shit out of your hand. You better be ready if you're going anywhere <laughs> with them. To step right into the WWE and make an entrance at the Royal Rumble 2018 and get that reaction had to be one of your career highlights. Am I right? You know what? I feel like I kind of screwed myself over in that moment because I was so expecting a negative reaction because that's how I'd left. Mm. Um, I thought that that's what I was coming back to. And I kind of had like my wall up and I didn't really like allow myself to take that in. I kind of blocked everybody out in that moment. And I mean, I, I also just wanted to do a good job. You know, I had been, I just had a baby for my concentrating that. on that. Right. Yeah. And, um, the first time I tried to take a bump, I, th- I thought I was going to throw my back out, you know, <laughs> all your ligaments loosen up and everything after having a baby. So I was kind of more focused on not screwing up and not letting other people screw me up. And instead of really enjoying the moment, and I kind of regret that. Kurt, I want to take a time out and share what would be a favorite moment for our listeners. And that's by putting a plan together to protect your family for the long term. And Goliath Life will make sure you and your family is ready for anything. Yes, it's time to tell you again about something I'm super passionate about. It's a life insurance ad for GoliathLife.com. But to me, this is really about peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all have medical and auto insurance, yet we never know if we're ever going to use it or not. Now, let's talk about life insurance. We're all going to die. And uh, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. That's a sobering thought. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit GoliathLife.com. And I mean right now. Listen, I've lost two friends in their 40s in the last year and a half, and I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through had they not had life insurance. If you don't have it, get it. Protect your family. And I suggest you go to GoliathLife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance super easy. GoliathLife.com streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quick quotes from more than 20 carriers within minutes, and you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price, you start the online application immediately, and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. I've done it. They send someone to my office. I skip the phone calls, the paperwork, the crazy invasive conversations. Goliathlife.com makes buying life insurance simple. No hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle. Hell, not even a phone call. Goliathlife.com is life insurance in your hands, on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home. 
and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at GoliathLife.com. Well, listen, you get the opportunity to wrestle for the first time in front of a crowd at WrestleMania, and it's with the blue-eyed Olympic gold medalist, Kurt Angle, <laughs> against Hunter and Stephanie. Did you feel the magnitude of the moment? And th- that day I did. I did. That day was the one day I just enjoyed it. I allowed myself to enjoy it, and the whole match was perfect, and I never felt like anything was getting away from me and I knew it well enough where I could like really be in there like emotionally and not just, just trying to remember. And um it still is like my my favorite match ever. And that's that's the lightning in the bottle I keep trying to recapture and it's uh it's been forever elusive. But I just think maybe that's just that one moment in time that can never be recreated, you know? Well Rhonda, that match at WrestleMania, that was the best match on the card. And it was a mixed Absolutely. tag match. You know how hard that is? Oh it's, my it's god! Amazing. I wish they would have, have more mixed tags. Uh, yeah, I th- I thought it was perfect that we were in the middle of the show. I love being in the middle because that's when everybody's like they're already warmed up and they still have a lot of energy. I think that closing out the night is the hardest. It is. It really yeah. is. I like it's more of like a like a status thing than anything. I think I'm like oh, I closed out the match, you know. But like <laughs> other than that, I would always rather be in the middle. I think we're like the fourth match of the night. I want to be matched number four forever <laughs> because it was just <laughs> the, perfect the perfect spot. Time. Yeah. yeah. I love it. They're still excited. They're not tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I wanted to actually thank you for carrying me in that tag match, Rhonda. <laughs> oh thank you, Kurt. Thank you. Hey you did it. <laughs> 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 listen all jokes aside though it was cool that you uh i mean we know that you're notoriously hard on yourself but i thought it was cool to hear how much you really enjoyed yourself so it sounded like you know hey i went out we had fun it was a blast and like you said i'm still trying to capture that that moment in a bottle that lightning in a bottle so there you go yeah it was it was the best i'll talk about it forever you bring me back on here anytime now i'll be like remember that one time of WrestleMania? we had that time <laughs> Let's rehash that again. Oh, I love it. Well, the, the, road to prof- the road for professional wrestling is tough. Was it a hard realization to you? What? Uh, being road? as tough as it is. Oh, oh, being on the road. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize how difficult the travel would be. Because I love, like, I think, uh, I don't know, I think it was Sarah Rowe who was saying that she wrestles for free. They pay her to travel. And um, that I, I kind of felt the same way. That while, like, while I'm out there, I mean, it's so fun. It's I don't really think of it as, as hard. I'm like, I feel like a kid that I'm playing. I'm having a great time. But, um, yeah, the, the grind of the travel, I didn't realize how little you're actually allowed to be horizontal you know, like to lay back and just have your feet up. And I think that's the hardest thing of like after you have a match and taking a bunch of bumps. And at the time you're like, this is a great idea. And then (laughs) the next day you're like, ah, and you can't lay down because you have to sit in a car and then you have to sit in a plane and then you have to sit in a train and you have to sit and you're just like, I just want to lay down, please. I just want to put a heat pack (laughs) on my back. Um, Because I actually started, wrestling went back already broken my my bottom vertebrae is like cracked in half or something but i think that's like a normal thing i've been told like it's actually kind of weirdly common um but uh yeah my back just kills me sometimes after taking bumps and i just if i can like take a hot bath or if i can like lay down the heat pack i'm fine but 
if you have to like jump on a plane immediately or jump in a car immediately. I didn't know that. I didn't know that live shows were a thing. I thought only when you're on TV was the only time that people wrestled. So I didn't know about you wrestle, then you jump in a car for two hours and then, you know, you get to the next town then you wake up in the morning, get some coffee and then you wrestle and then you jump in the car and you drive for three hours. You go to the next town and you wake up and you get a coffee and like, Oh my God, there's a cracker barrel. And then you go wrestle and then you go, you know, you just get in a car for another couple hours. And then by the end of the week, you're just like my back. I can't, but you know, that's, I also realized how great heat packs are. They have like these wet heat packs that they have, like the med- the medical people have. With the clay yeah. inside? Ah, that, I don't know what's in them, but it's clay. I, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Those things are amazing. Man, I, I, I'm now after wrestling for a while, the, the power of heat packs has not been lost on me. And I feel like if I have a heat pack, I can do anything. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, the rumors uh, have always been that some of the WWE women looked at you differently for how you came into the business. Did you ever have to deal with that? Or do you think that's just locker room talk? Uh, well, if anyone had a problem with it, uh, they haven't said anything to my face and they're a big fucking pussy. So come at they me, They probably bitch. wouldn't, Rhonda. Come at me, bitch. <laughs> what? But uh, I, lo- I love her raw truth. I mean, it's just... <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, I mean, as as far as I know, me and everyone's cool. (laughs) There you go. That's because you're Ronda freaking Rousey. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's kind of funny. I was um, I was talking to Heyman once because, like, whenever like drama would go down to the locker room, I wouldn't be in there. Like, it would. It's like the second I stepped out, something would happen. And because, you know, if some, one of the girls was being unfair, you know, I would step in and be like, what, you know, what, what the fuck's going on? Like, I, I've, I'd heard about things happening when I stepped out of like, why isn't this happening when I'm in there? I would have said something. And um, Heyman was telling me, you know, if there's like a a, put, a pit bull in the room and you and you don't know about this dog, you know, you don't know this dog. And it seems like it could probably kill you. He's right. You're not going to do anything crazy while the pit bull's in the room. No way. You're going to wait till the pit bull leaves the room and then you get crazy. Leave it to Paul Heyman. Yep. Yeah. So as far as I know, you know, it's just sunshine lollipops in the locker room. (laughs) (laughs) A bunch of cupcakes and hand jobs. Everyone's having a great time. Sorry, uh, I my, love her. I love my, her, Kurt. She's great. That's that's from a mug that Marina got my husband that said life can't all be cupcakes and hand jobs. Fantastic and mug. I love it. Hey, by the way, I'm still hurting from the time you attacked me on Raw, Rhonda. But it had led to your first women's title victory at SummerSlam over Alexa Bliss. So that's you're true. welcome. I that wasn't an attack. Kurt, that you know, that's just that's just a tussle. Up my ass, you threw me. Just, just a little tussle. Come on, like you need to throw. All the you time. didn't enjoy that, Kurt. The little tussle. No, I didn't. It was. <laughs> <laughs> and she that's did just, it for real. I mean, she really launched me. <laughs> oh man! Well, you know, just that you wouldn't have wanted it any other way. <laughs> You're right, Rhonda. What are some of your favorite moments uh, in your first run? Oh gosh. Um, well, of course, without saying, next tag, Kurt, the best. Um, blue eyes, that's right. Lost in the eyes. Um, my first singles against Naya was a big deal for me, and I thought it ended up being great. Um, and uh, my first match called on the fly with Natty, I 
love that, even though I was crying real tears the whole time and was that's a great that experience, was isn't it? <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Um my Survivor Series match with Charlotte when the whole match was hating on us and we got them the chance. This is awesome because we are awesome and fuck you. Turned it around. Yeah. yeah, we turned it around. And um man, there were just so many. Um I feel like I'm like leaving things out now that I'm like blinking. <laughs> I mean the first Main event WrestleMania, all women, you know. Uh, well, let's yeah, all these big time moments. I mean, there's a ton of big time moments right there. I actually remember when me and Kurt were doing like an interview together, and I was like, "Have women ever been the main event of WrestleMania?" And they're like, "No, not not yet." And I'm like, "Oh, well, I'll change that next year." And I can just <laughs> feel Kurt next to me being like, like what the, the balls on this bitch." <laughs> <laughs> Like I was, she I was definitely new it. to the business. Oh man, I kept it straight, and I just could feel him like <laughs> looking at me. I love it. I was like, "This is how manifestation works, man." <laughs> and it does. It does. Uh, okay, tough question now, Rhonda. What happened at the finish of WrestleMania 35 with your shoulder? I didn't think my shoulder was down. I was trying to flatten out to put my shoulder more down. So, like, that's what was happening. I thought it was just the very tops of my shoulders. So I was trying to shimmy down right. so the actual backs of my shoulders was, was down. And I didn't know that he'd already started counting. So I, or that my shoulder came up during the shimmy. Um, so I, um, I was trying to help. But then, you know <laughs> what? Uh, it ended up being awesome because now I have a, uh, a gripe to, oh, yes, to revisit. <laughs> yeah. I never know, you know, but um, long-term yeah, storytelling. There you go. Yeah, hey, it's on video. You unexpected. have proof. I do have proof. I do. Have, it is. Yeah, but um, yeah, that wasn't on purpose. I, I like apologize about that one, but I didn't know, you know, it was. I didn't think it came up. It wasn't until I saw it later. I'm like, oh shit, not bad. <laughs> it's kind of a big moment. That uh, <laughs> that that three-way feud with Becky and Charlotte, it's so well-remembered. But without Nia Jax accidentally breaking Becky's nose during the brawl before Survivor Series? Oh, no, it was the orbital. Oh, yeah, that's right, the orbital bone. Was the plan always you and Charlotte, though, at Mania prior to that? No, I don't think we had a plan before that. It just okay. was me and Becky at Survivor Series. Um, but it, it, it possibly could have been me and Becky singles at Survivor Series and then a three-way for Mania. Um, but we hadn't really got that. Got that far. far yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you've had a, you've been a competing athlete all your life being scheduled to lose, being scheduled to lose. Uh -oh. How different it is it than actually losing for real in your mind? Uh, completely different in every single way <laughs> because you know, like wrestling, I don't care like who wins or loses. We all like, Hey, it, cut you off for a second. You know what? I'm glad you said that Rhonda, because we being world-class athletes, okay. Going into professional wrestling, we know that we're not going to win all the time and we're okay with it. But a yeah. lot of pro wrestlers have a problem with doing a job. And uh, I think because a lot of them aren't, weren't real athletes and competed for real and know what wins and losses are really about. But knowing that you're going into the business and it's not real and you're losing, you're okay with it because you've had so much success in your life. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, it's like any other scripted thing. It's like a movie. It's like a live, you know, I like to think of it as like Broadway or something like that. If I'm like, I didn't get 
mad at the people from Fast and Furious because I didn't like kill Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even though like I fought her, you know, in the mat in the in the scene, I, I wasn't mad that I didn't definitively beat Michelle Rodriguez, or right. you know, I was in blind spot and I got I got shot, man, and arrested, and I. <laughs> I can't believe that they actually got one up on me. Damn you, Jamie. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, we're we're playing picture pages here. Yeah. Yeah, It's just like the movies. It's what matters is did people enjoy watching the movie? Not like, Oh, did the dark side actually win? You know, I, I just, I don't understand why everyone gets so worked up about it, but I I, in that year that I was in the WWE, I felt like I did have to get out because um, I kind of was slowly becoming institutionalized, right. you know, and, and that I, I noticed that a lot of people, there's there's some people that just have such a strong idea of who they are and their core as a person that nothing is ever going to shake that. Right. And there's other people who they're spending five days of the week in character and only two days of the week of as themselves. And I, th- I think that that line of what, what is real and what isn't is, is so blurred fuzzy, in their performance. Right? It's becoming blurred in themselves. Yeah. Mm. And it's, it, things start to get taken personal that aren't personal. And um, I, I just think that like, if you're in this environment and surrounded by all these people in this kind of like, artificial reality that you're in i think sometimes people get get lost in it and kind of feel like that is their reality and um i i think that's not like a personal thing i think it's just like a human thing of you just adjust to the situation that you're in the most and sometimes it's people take it so serious and they're so passionate about it and they care about it so much that they they for like forget that we're playing it this is supposed to be fun and um I was kind of starting to get into more of like being the rowdy character in my free time when I was, you know, around it so much and thinking about it all the time and just, you know, kind of becoming more and more of my personality where I had to step away. And I I think that it is such an amazing and consuming and um, fun world to be in that I think sometimes people forget how to step out. And that's not like a, oh, you're, you're a weak person because of that. It's that, you know, it's, it's human. It's like the, the, where you are the most and what you're going to adjust to. And that's the reality that you're going to accept for yourself. And so I think sometimes people need to take out of a step away and be like, Hey, this is fun. We're having fun. Let's go have some fun. Like who who cares who wins at picture pages? Like let's make sure that the the crowd enjoys it and, you know, then let's get a beer. As long as the crowd enjoys it and you get paid, there's nothing wrong with it. Exactly. Both of those. Both of them. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget. Don't forget to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rhonda, you took some time off after that match to start your family. And congratulations to you and, and Travis on your daughter. How Thank important you. was that to you and how flexible was the WWE with that? Um, WWE is awesome. I mean, there's an amazing like family company in general. I mean, I'll have her backstage. I'll have her, you know with me all day long and like my, my mom would, would have to work eight hours a day and drop us off at daycare and like think about how expensive childcare was back then and having to like put your baby down and go to work yeah. like for eight hours like if she was four months old and I had to put her like drop her off at daycare and go to work for eight hours and then go pick her up and break my 
it would break my heart. And I am so, so lucky that I get to work and be a mom at the same time. And I get to work for a company that really is totally accepting of that and, and does everything that they can to enable me to do both. And, um, you know, I, like Steph was telling me about when they had kids that they, uh, chartered a bus to kind of help them go from one place to, to another. And, um, we've been able to, you know, get one this time and it's just, made the hugest difference of that we can fly in i can put her and you know she has like this familiar area and we can sleep in the same bed every time and you know i can lay her down and get driven to wherever we're going we don't have to check into a new hotel every time we don't have to get into a new rental car every time and i can literally just put her in the bed and we can from the airport and we can get up in the venue the next day you know and um it just makes it so much easier for her and i can have take her in and out of the venue and there's been days where she's been having a hard time she's like you're hearing crying babies backstage and oh my god mother's day was rough one though because she was having a hard time and like uh it was that i quit match and we didn't know what it was. Like we didn't have it figured out until 30 minutes before. And then Molly Holly looks at me and she goes, it's okay. You got 30 minutes to learn the match. So I'm like, you people are crazy. This is not okay. This is not normal. And like, <laughs> and my baby's screaming and I can't go to see her because I'm yeah. trying to learn the match. You know, like sometimes it's just like chaos trying mm. to like put the two together. But I, I always have to remind myself that I'm so lucky that I can have both at the same time. Because my mom couldn't do that. And, um, you know, I, I didn't have to choose between having a career and being a mom that I can do both. And I'm very grateful to, to the company for allowing me to do that. Well, Rhonda, after having the baby, how quickly were you itching to get back in the ring? Uh, well, I was already itching before, you know, I was <laughs> pregnant and I already thinking about it. And Do you think about um, working while you were pregnant? <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I, but it was kind of Would like, you do a match while you're pregnant? Not while I'm pregnant, <laughs> but, um, I was already conspiring, um, to, to come back then. And I, I think it was mostly, I mean, it was partly because I really loved the business. I really missed it. And I really felt like I had, had unfinished business. But also, I, you know, after having a baby, your body changes so much. I kind of wanted to, like, give myself a goal to really get myself back in shape because I'm goal-oriented. I'm not going to, like, it's hard for me to be, like, hanging out at the house and then, like, all right, I'm going to go work out really hard right now. You know, I, I kind of need something to drive towards. Hi, beautiful angel. Did you wake the up baby. <laughs> the little one made it on the curve. There she is. Look at those eyes. Too. Wow. I know. <laughs> there are blue eyes in my family, by the way. Okay. Don't be taking this Definitely. the wrong way. <laughs> my dad had blue eyes. Travis had blue eyes. You're so cute. Well, well Rhonda, listen, we're going to let you get out of here. One last question. Do you know if you're going to be participating in Money in the Bank in your old stomping grounds of Las Vegas at the MGM Grand? Uh, man, I sure hope so. Woo. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm going to be at Money in the Bank. I'm going to be at Money in the Bank. Nice. Well, Rhonda, I want to thank you for coming on the Kurt Angle Show. I really do appreciate it. You. you know I love you, and I want to wish you the best of luck. I love you, too. Thank you for having me on. It was a blast, Rhonda. Thank you so much. Enjoy that, baby, and I appreciate you coming on. You can you're, go ahead. You're good to go. Okay. Don't be a stranger, Rhonda. That's right. I good will. Luck. You neither. <laughs> Tell the All girls right. I said hi. I will, hon. Thank you. Nice meeting you. All right. Nice Bye. meeting you, too, Rhonda. All right. 
Take care. Well, Kurt, that's it, man. That we were on with Ronda Rousey. How much fun was that? She is a lot. She well, was just a straight shooter and a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. You know what though? She's articulate. She yes. had a lot of good stories to tell. It was awesome. Great episode. Great episode. And uh, speaking of great episodes, we're going to continue that on next week. We're going back to King of the Ring 2000 when you became king, Kurt. The king for the first time. Yes. That's right, brother. <laughs> hey, real quick, before we get into uh, some of the uh, wrapping up the show in the ads, how are you feeling? Fans have been asking left and right oh, since you man. updated us last week. I'm struggling, man. It's been two weeks. Um, I am walking around. Uh, I've been doing the rehab every day. I started working out again, my upper body only, obviously, but it's been really hard. But I have to tell you, my wife, Giovanna, she is the MVP. I mean, she's been taking care of me. She's been doing everything for me and taking care of the four other kids. Oh, <laughs> that's she has full five time. kids, including me. But she is a badass. I got her a necklace. It, it says uh, my badass wife on it. And, uh, you know, I just want her to know how much I appreciate how much she's helping me out. Listen, she's doing this solo. I can't do anything. So she's she's taking <sighs> care of the family. Like when, when I tell you that she takes Joseph to sports, she takes my daughters to therapy. They go to piano lessons. Uh, uh, they go to uh, sports as well. Uh, tutoring. Uh, every day she's always driving around doing whatever she has to and coming home, taking care of me. She is incredible. She's a, she's a godsend. and I can't thank her enough. I love her so much. Oh, and wow. I want to thank everybody yeah. for reaching out and yeah. supporting me through this time. Uh, the two knee replacements are real difficult, but I'm going to make it through and I'm going to be, I'm going to turn out better than I was before. She is the MVP of the angle family, Giovanna. And uh, I got I got to tell you this too because we haven't said this at all, and I'm going to say it because I think this needs to sink in for people, guys. Kurt's doing this with no pain medicine, okay? No pain medicine. That's unbelievable, buddy. And uh, you, that just goes to show how tough you are and what you're dealing with, man. So we are again thoughts and prayers and all that good stuff. Thinking about you. We can't wait till you're fully recovered. And uh, and uh, so just wanted to ask you and touch base with you about that. So thank you for the update, my friend. Thank you, Paul. All right, so let's get into the ending of the show here. Physicallyfit.com, chicken snacks. I think this is what's helping your recovery, man. Eating oh, those chicken yeah, snacks. Chicken snacks definitely helps my recovery. <laughs> I mean, literally, I'm back bouncing. Within a week, I'll be a hundred percent healed because yes i love it way to sell them baby and they can get that wildcat belt still the contest is going on right making yeah, that video I, I think there are two titles left oh yeah yeah let's talk about that title as well uh you can get the uh the title belt there wildcatbelts.com the kurt angle olympic hero belt american hero beautiful belt two left check it out wildcatbelts.com also support him at kurtanglebrand.com that's where you can get your cameo video messages, milk cartons, uh, T-shirts, and other fine uh, Kurt Angle memorabilia and collectibles. And then uh, finally this week, uh, make sure you visit us at Wrestling Night at the Park. It's in Wisconsin, the Timber Rattlers. It's going to be a Kurt, blast. Kurt Angle, myself, Saturday, August 27th podcast at the plate we're gonna do a live podcast together q a kurt's gonna sign pictures and take pictures with you and uh sign whatever you have and kiss babies and hopefully those knees are good to go his goal is to maybe do something around those bases whether it's run walk we'll figure it out but you gotta be there try to throw the first pitch that's my goal that's my goal this year 
All Get right. ready for that first pitch in Wisconsin. <laughs> there you go. Join us on ad-free shows. You get to watch everything uh, on video. So you could have watched the whole Ronda Rousey episode, seen her baby, and watched uh, her get lost in Kurt's blue eyes. It was a joy for me to be a part of. That was fun, man. She she was great, and uh, we She's appreciate all our listeners. So uh, on behalf of Kurt Angle, this is Paul Bromwell. We'll see it right here again next week on The Kurt Angle Show. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? You pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.